there is equal dignity in each of us by virtue of our shared humanity. And that humanity is a gift from a higher power. That is a moral concept. That's the moral concept. And this equality is expressed in democracy. It's expressed in democracy through the concept, one person, one vote. And every one of us, every single one of us has the power to right the wrongs of our society equally. And only, and only when our society shares that power equally can we call our society free and truly just. That was an excerpt from our Congressman Antonio Delgado's speech from his campaign kickoff over this past weekend of September 12th. Welcome back to Spotlight 19. Justin Tracy here coming to you from Hurley Sound Recording Studios in Hurley, New York. Today's program, we have Saja's interview with 102nd Assembly District candidate Betsy Kratt. And that will be followed by some useful information on voting in this essential election. Thanks for joining us. You know, the thing is about gentrification, it is a multi-stage process. There are several different factors involved, you know, that all have to be there or it doesn't happen. People don't mean to do it. There was that op-ed in the New York Times, you know, about the woman sort of lamenting this new wave coming in, you know, when she was in part of the wave with the DJs and the artists, you know. Nobody means for it to happen, but at the same time it does happen and people have to leave and can't come back. You know, rent control is something that could have worked in Kingston. Unfortunately, the city the city government totally botched it. I hope it's a, they can be a cautionary tale for other cities trying to do this. That was the voice of Betsy Kratt, candidate for the 102nd District. Spotlight 19 actually covered that race back in 2018. Uh, she definitely needs your support as we move into these last weeks before the election. Now it's over to Saja with her interview with Betsy. So today we're here with Betsy Kratt. She's the candidate for Assembly District 102 that extends from Saugerties all the way up through Greene County, Schoharie County, Delaware County, Otsego County, Columbia County. So there are seven counties and In Albany, Albany County. County. Right. So it extends uh, within seven districts, most of them are in New York's 19th Congressional District. And it is actually a district we covered back in 2018 because there was a special election and we actually interviewed uh, Aiden O'Connor. And I think your opponent might be the only Republican that has appeared aside from John Faso. Um in kind of a lampooning way because oh, wow. we actually included his interview on oh, the radio yes. uh, on our show. So welcome, Betsy. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Saja. Thank you for having me. Uh, so tell us a little bit about why you're running uh, in this crucial year. Well, it turned out that they couldn't find anybody else to run. And I didn't want to give Chris Tag the next two years. You know, I didn't think that he should just get that so I threw my hat in the ring because I really wanted to give it's important for voters to have a choice. And I'm not happy with the job he's doing. So I thought that I would offer myself as an alternative. I thought that a social worker might bring an interesting take 
to policymaking, especially because I've used a lot of those programs that lawmakers decide about, like income limits and things like that. So I thought my voice needed to be at the table. Absolutely. And prior to you running, you were actually a tenants advocate as right. well. Yes, I worked with a Kingston Tenants Union. And Including yourself, there are a number of assembly candidates who actually just won their primaries in New York City that started out as tenants advocates. And I imagine you would continue that work when oh, absolutely. when you're elected. Yes. So we're actually living in this totally different world than when we first met, when we could shake hands yes, and hug and, and, and be hold in the each same room together babies. without <laughs> having masks on. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what your experience has been. You're from Hunter, right? I live in Hunter, yeah. Uh, so what has your experience been? Um, you have two teenage sons. I do. And, you know, going through COVID since March with them. Right. Yeah, it's been it's been like it has for everybody. You know, it's been difficult when we were, in, you know, initially, um, you know, our lives just didn't, t- didn't change very much because rural life is a solitary life. There are 500 people in the village of Hunter. I don't know if that's actually accurate anymore, but that was the that was the last count, approximately. Uh, it was only recently that I really started to feel like, you know, after we did the Catskill Hope for Humanity Pride Parade, uh, that it was so nice to see people and be around them. And I miss it. I And I think that People miss it, and it's normal to miss it. And so we're all going through this longing for what used to be together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned uh, accurate count for the, for the village of Hunter, yeah. um, and that's certainly you know an issue that rural communities faced going into COVID nineteen. That a number of people from other places, especially in New York City, that was experiencing such a massive surge came up. Um, right. Was that nerve-wracking? And even today, it continues to be incredibly crowded yeah. um, up in Greene County. Yeah, it's a concern because people are upset by the influx, but also they're experiencing the things that we experienced in Kingston. Scarcity of rentals, that's starting to happen. Real estate speculators, that's happening. But I have to say, when, you know, we were really concerned about the influx during the, the height of the lockdown, but there were no big spikes. You know, there's also no place to go. So everybody did what they were supposed to do. Everybody behaved. And what people were afraid of never happened. We never had a big surge of the disease from people coming from downstate. Sure. And speaking of big surges, we're actually recording this. It's September 9th, 2020. Uh, I think as of today, there are over 700 cases in Otsego County. Yeah. In Betsy's district, I believe there are uh, four towns within mm-hmm. Otsego County. Yep. Oneonta is not one of them. However, I'm sure there's a number of staff and Otsego County is handling one of the worst outbreaks, outbreaks yeah. in, in, in the country. Yep, absolutely. And not only because I have four towns, but that has the potential to spread to surrounding towns, uh, surrounding counties, Delaware County, and to all the way to Ulster, you know, people do go back and forth. And now a lot of these students have been sent home. So the repercussions for the state are tremendous. Everyone's watching the situation. Everyone's watching to see what happens. The state is doing rapid testing in Oneonta. Um, so if if you're listening to this and you live in that region and you want a test, uh, go to the New York State website. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's it's difficult because New York had was kind of achieving such a good reputation around right. the country, and then it just goes to show that uh, 
there's so little known about how quickly something can spread or how this can spread right. in, in indoor environments. And I think that's everyone's everyone's feeling this anxiety as we go into the fall and winter. Um, I'm starting to feel a little bit of the doomsday, which happens often on this show as we talk about Trump and everything right. for right. the past four years almost. Right. One more, one more thing about the, the COVID outbreak in Oneana and, you know, SUNY Central wasn't uh, requiring tests for, for uh, people who, who arrived on campus. Only SUNY Albany and Binghamton were requiring them. And I, I think that that might be related to, you know, um, both Albany and Binghamton are university centers. I know that scarcity of tests was, abs- you know, has to have been a factor. I don't know how they would have tested every person that was arriving on a college campus in the SUNY system, which is vast. So I, I'm, I'm just hoping that going forward, we can be more conscientious you know, that if there aren't enough tests, then it's not then it's not safe to reopen. Sure. And uh, for the record and for our listeners, Betsy's opponent, Chris Taig, was one of the the lawmakers calling for the early reopening of schools back in the spring when, yes. you know, there there were parents who were thinking, oh, maybe my, my children will return to school in, in May and and even in June. Right. And he was demanding that they reopen. Right. Yes, this he is, was. This is kind of the cautionary tale. That right. That this we really can't we really have to proceed incrementally, carefully. And if there aren't enough tests, then it's not safe. So we could definitely go on for hours days years right, about, about covid, COVID yeah uh, and it's it's fascinating and terrible at the same time and most of these right. issues are but um i think that our, our listeners and voters need to need to hear what you have to say about them because it's just so very important to to have a voice in albany that's living through it just like the rest of us right um so moving on, you mentioned SUNY, and yes. I know that you're kind of a double alum of yes, two right. SUNYs. Yep. Um, so tell us a little bit about your position and platform on on education and higher education. We should definitely be offering free uh, tuition for SUNY and CUNY schools with an income threshold. There's the Empire State Scholarship now. I think that's what it's called, mm-hmm. um, That which does that, which I think... Uh, for families with a collective income of under $100,000. And I would I would increase that a little bit, but I think that that's important to offer that to everyone. I had the experience of being in graduate school when I was going for my MSW and having classmates who had to drop out because they had exceeded their they they couldn't take out any more loans and they didn't have the credit to take out plus loans. Um, I think by eliminating that first hurdle, we could give people a good start. Because frequently, if you want to be something like a social worker or other, there are other professions where the f- a first degree isn't enough. You need to you need to keep going. So I think by removing that that little you know tuition for SUNY is pretty cheap. And if we and if we fully fund our schools, if we fully fund SUNY and CUNY, and end abusive labor practices like you know, hiring adjuncts to teach, you know, four classes and pay them per class instead of, you know, hiring, instead of having the line or hiring an instructor. These are things that, you know, if you want to be an employer with integrity, that's, 
you know you need to make the full investment. I think the the one kind of silver lining for COVID is that there are people have a little bit more time, um, right. and they are giving these topics and society's ills a little bit more attention. People that are progressively minded um, are getting involved for the first time and and realizing that it's it's not that COVID is causing it. Right, it's like these well, issues George, are George Floyd. You know, yeah. that's you know everybody was home to watch. Yeah, people were I home mean, to pay attention. Yeah, and I think that um, as we get closer and closer to the election, um, my hope is that people continue to pay attention. Although it, it sometimes is you're barraged with so many stories, and you mentioned George Floyd, and um, now it's even closer to home with the story in Rochester, which I um, I, I can't even follow it because it's so painful, um, and it's. It's just so disheartening that it's just right. going to keep happening and people are exhausted and that momentum from June uh, kind of feels like it's dissipated because right. of the violence and everything like that. I did want to speak, I, I did want you to speak a little bit about, um, there was a protest right outside your home. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your home you were tenants right advocate. i live i live in a i live in public housing in hunter and uh there was a motorcade uh a week ago that ended in front of my house um and you know it really upset a lot of people in the community i i know from traveling around the district that those protests are happening everywhere and chris tag is at all of them you know he's and you're meaning the blue lives blue matter, lives matter. Back the blue, blue lives matter Bla- back the blue uh you know slash Trump rally. I mean, the Trump signs are on full display. So, um, you know, if you go to a Black Lives Matter rally, nobody has protest, nobody has a Biden sign. You know, you are there to to protest the taking of black lives uh, by by police. You're not there to campaign. It's, it's not a good feeling. I didn't feel safe, uh, you know, especially because I saw, you know, there were town officials there. Chris Tag was there. And to see that kind of protests also with law enforcement. So government is sanctioning this, you know, um, it made a lot of people upset. I wasn't, I didn't like it, but I wasn't surprised because I've seen so much of it throughout the district. Now I just, I just know that that's, that that's an element. One of the issues that tenants advocates are, are facing and are amplifying is gentrification. And for, You've moved around your own district, which is vast, from Saugerties to Kingston to Catskill and now finally to Hunter. Tell us a little bit about um, why this issue is so important to you. I didn't realize, you know, I was very lucky when my marriage ended and I first moved out at a good landlord. We were at a stable residence for four years and then she died and then our our journey began where we, you know, we went to one place, got kicked out because it wasn't neat for a showing, you know, next place was bed bugs. And then that was 2016, 2017. And I couldn't find any place to live in Kingston. And that's what brought me to Greene County. And it's really a silver lining because Greene County is amazing. It's beautiful. I love it there. Uh, So I'm grateful for that. Uh, It's not like there's not trauma uh, from displacement because that is it's traumatic when you have to leave where you've li- you, you know where I lived my whole life. But the issue with rent is that 
you know, we did get rent control passed in in the the legislature last year, but it is an extension of the of ETPA, which is you know based on New York City uh, buildings with more than six units built before 1974. It's going to have to be modified. Like in Kingston, it works. In Kingston, there are several build several complexes that that qualify for rent control. But in more rural areas, there aren't usually buildings that are that large. It's a lot of modified single-family apartments. So to have rent control expanded through smaller places like Catskill, the law needs to be uh, changed or amended. Sure, and often. All of the rural districts largely are represented by Republicans as a result of right. gerrymandering. And right. um, I'm going to just take my best guess is that rent control is probably not on the top of their list. No. no. Or, or on their list at all. Or no. They don't know any renters. No. I don't know. No. Well, because the difference between, you know, in New York City, most people rent. So there's sure. there's strong tenant protections in place. In the rest of the state, you know, uh, tenants are tend to be low income, uh, single mothers, uh, disabled, elders, you know, it's populations that are already marginalized that end up as tenants. So those groups need need special protections. And they need to be able to stay in their houses, you know, regardless of of how, uh, how hot a new, you know, a town becomes. Tell us where people can learn more about your campaign and how. what's the best way to get involved. Um, my website is BetsyForAssembly.com. On Facebook, it's Betsy Kratt for Assembly. On Instagram and Twitter, it's Betsy number four Assembly. Um, and on my website, there are there's a volunteer sign-up sheet. Uh, my email is BetsyForAssembly at Gmail. If you, if you have ideas, questions comments uh please reach out you know this is a this is a really tough year to campaign we can't knock on doors in january we were all planning on our our summer of door knocking and that didn't happen so you know any anyone who wants to get involved help me elevate my profile help me get the word out there that would be extremely helpful so i'm appealing to your listeners to uh you know reach out And now on to voting. So there are three ways to vote this year. Absentee, early, or on November 3rd, in person. The first ballot that will be available for voters are absentee ballots. People can apply now for an absentee ballot and expect to get one starting October 2nd when they become available. You have to apply for your absentee ballot and indicate you are requesting one because of temporary illness or physical disability to cover fear of contracting a communicable disease like COVID-19. You can request your absentee ballot application by mail, by phone, or email from your county board of elections. Early voting. The second way to vote is to vote early during the early voting period, which is October 24th through November 1st with a mix of weekend hours, day hours, and night hours. Early voting is just like voting on election day. You will get a paper ballot that you will mark your selections on, and then your vote is cast on a voting system. Uh, For full details of dates and times, voters should visit uh, their county board of elections website. And finally, in person on November 3rd. The last option 
to vote is the traditional election day, uh, Tuesday, November 3rd, from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., and voters will have to go to their assigned local poll site to cast their ballot if they choose to wait until election day. Voters can look up their poll site for their November 3rd location by visiting County Board of Elections website. All of the locations across New York 19 will be listed in this podcast description and available on our social media. Thank you so much for listening to Spotlight 19. We will have more episodes um, between now and Election Day, so please uh, stay tuned and spread the word. Please visit the description of this podcast for more information about all the ways you can get involved. Until next time, keep the faith.